small and deep. Hello. <laughs> what is it? I've got questions again. It wasn't me. It was Scott. It was last week, and I wasn't even there. And if I was there, I don't recall it. Mm, don't believe him, folks. Don't believe him. He's got those dodgy eyes. I have. I have. <laughs> what, what have I done now? No, it's a question. I was I was asked a question last week, um, mm-hmm. which then sent me off. I did sort of a bit of research and. It sent me off down that, you know, YouTube tunnel and things like that. So you entered the unknown spiral I of did. the internet <laughs> where you go in and then come out uneducated or less educated 16 hours later. Well, actually, I always come out and I'm like totally confused by what they've said. And then I have to go and get a load of textbooks and try and relearn. <laughs> yeah, you do. You go in and you kind of watch them and you get sucked into this whirlwind of the internet and you come out 16 hours later thinking, I feel more stupid than before I went in now. <laughs> and then I've watched a few dogs doing dancing and stuff like <laughs> that as well. Like, <laughs> Originally you started <laughs> looking up somewhere technical and now you've got dogs dancing. It's like, what the fuck? I know. And the thing is, I can't get that time back, <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> okay. So it was all about summing and summing mixers. Oh, here we go. So first of all, I have a question for you because I know you can give us a really nice clinical description about <laughs> <No>, stuff. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> Tell us what summing is. Right, if, if 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 you're creating a piece of music, you're going to have a kick on one channel, uh-huh. a snare on another channel, an open hi-hat on uh-huh. another channel, a closed on another, you'll have a bass on another channel. What happens uh-huh. is, as you work with it, they are all glued together, summed together into a two-bus. I can't say two-bus, can I? No, you're showing your age. Yeah, Go on. Oh, what's a two-bus? <laughs> um, well, back in the day... Um, uh, into the stereo signal, you, you, yeah. your left and right stereo signal. So it has to glue all these together, mm-hmm. like your kick and your snares, and it glues them all together as one and just presents a stereo file, which we call well, the, two, the two stereo bus, stereo, okay. whatever they call it today. I, don't, I just call it a two bus because that's what it was. That's why it's called a bus compressor. But um, basically it glues everything together, so it sums them. All right, okay. And that's how we talk about it. All right, so... I mean, I understood. I yeah, I understood what that was, but I think it's nice to have it clearly explained, clarified yeah, for everybody listening, for everyone listening, sort of thing. So, the the thing was, I ended up on YouTube, and I saw somebody who was talking about these because. Um, you conned me possibly. <laughs> it was my concern <laughs> <laughs> to buy an analog one. Okay. So off we go, we two all out and we buy this analogue one and you yeah, and I, and I feel that there's a difference. But this person on YouTube was saying that it's all snake oil. So have I just been conned? I think I have seen this video. Yeah, well I think everybody's seen this video. Let's be honest, right? Totally up front. I think everybody's seen this video because it's it seems to be doing the rounds. Uh, it's by Dan Worrell, isn't yes. it, about analogue summing? And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've mm, seen it. Yeah. I mean, I have respect for the guy, but to be honest, it's a bit of confirmation bias going on in that, that Well, video. yeah, I, that's how I, I do feel. But can you tell me, is, the, is it snake oil? No, it's not. I, I can tell you now that manufacturers don't just make this shit up. <laughs> not just sitting there and go, so let's just make a summing mix. Will it do anything? No, it'll do fuck all. But let's just make one and sell it for two and a half thousand pounds. Do you know what I mean? People like to believe that. You know, yeah. but now, if it's a piece of software, 
Uh-huh. You know, somebody goes, oh, let's just make this shit up and put a kablamo button on it. I can understand that people <laughs> think, well, what a shit. But when you get companies like Neve, and now these are big companies, SSL, yeah. Neve, yeah. Dangerous Music, mm-hmm. Burl, these are significant companies that are throwing thousands upon mm. thousands into uh, research and development yeah. before they come out with these. And then when you, you buy these pieces of hardware, they're not cheap. No, so, I mean, th- th- this isn't just going to be made, oh, oh, let's just make a lot of shit no, up and throw thousands no. at it and just sell them and hope we can sell snake oil. Yeah. So when when the gentlemen we, I watched and other people, they all talk about A-B testing and, you know, null testing. So what I'd like you to do is, again, I do know the differences, but Explain you give it to a our much listeners. clearer, yeah, you yes. give a better, clearer explanation. A-B tests, to be completely honest, are complete bullshit. Okay. Now, there, there is a scientific reason for A-B testing, but it, in the most, it is complete bullshit because it tells us nothing beside personal preferences for a finished product. Um, because when, when you're listening to an A-B test, what you're doing is you're listening to processing that's been made after the fact. And you're kind of going, oh, there's A, there's B, there's A, there's B. And it it cuts out so many important factors mm. of actually working with that piece of equipment. Okay. So A-B tests, to be completely honest, are useless. And the thing is, people like to do them on the internet so everyone can sit there and have a comment. Or, I mean, basically, the A-B test exists so somebody can go, I've got this piece of gear and you have a... I dare go do the A-B test. <laughs> it's all about it is i own this and you don't look at me so i'm gonna do this a b tester this is how it says with this is how it says with that what do you think yeah, and it, it's bullshit because it has no contextual meaning no. whatsoever so i mean you know people i've seen people arguing all about a b well i can't hear difference. why can't i think it's c i think it's a i think it's e well i think it's b okay so we've you've said that about a b testing what about null test Right. <laughs> this brings do, you to, do you want to explain a null test? Right. Uh, first of all, a, a null test basically <laughs> is if I take two of the exact same files and I flip one 180 degrees mm-hmm. out of phase, we're basically saying one minus one equals zero. Yeah. So if both files are exactly the same and I null one, which is basically flip it 180 degrees, I should have complete silence. Okay. Because one minus one equals zero. Yeah. Now on this video mm-hmm. by Don Worrell, he mm-hmm. he. I mean, I've got to give me to, you know, he does say, well, the sound is coming from your transformers, your sound's coming from this, your sound's coming from that. But he, again, it's confirmation bias. He misses what he's actually talking about here. He takes this file, mm. runs it through this, this, I don't know if it's passive or active as well since I've seen it. I think it's passive. Runs it through this passive summing mixer. Yeah. Brings the two files in, phase inverts it and goes, oh, null. Therefore, it, it says that nothing happens. Now, the thing is, with enough time, I can get two straightforward EQs to fucking null. If I take an SSL and I take a, a, a logic EQ, I can get them fuckers to null as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not a complex thing. The thing is, engineers are supposed to be critical. And what is actually missing here is that when we're working into a piece of analog, yeah, mm. what we do is we have what we call reactants. That is how it behaves as we play with the gear. Yeah. So say, for example, I have a little piece of analog gear. I have my fader, basically infinity, which is yeah. zero. You can't hear anything. And I increase it. And uh-huh. I continue to increase it. And then I hit the sweet spot of that piece of gear. Right. And then I continue to increase it and I increase it and I push it and I push it and I push uh-huh. it. I push beyond its headroom. And then I draw it back down again. 
That's yeah. called testing the reactance of a piece of equipment. Now, I can tell you straight away here that if you get a piece of analog summing gear and you mix through it, you work through it. You don't just put a mix into it and go, oh, it sounds the fucking same coming out the other side. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like you mix through it. Yeah. Now, I can tell you now, if I test the reactance of a piece of equipment, I can tell you now that analog summing mixer behaves very, very differently to a door. Right, yeah. And this is a misconception of how people use summing mixers. They think that all I do is I just take these 16 channels already mixed, I put them out to my mixer and I record it back in. No, it becomes an intrinsic part of your process. You mix through it. So what you're saying that is people are missing the fact that it's a very subtle difference. It is very, very subtle. But I mean, the thing is, you know, if I if I take a fader and I, as I say, I chest my mm. reactants and I kind of push it up and I put, I go into my headroom a little bit harder. Yeah. I say analog will behave very fucking differently than a digital door will. Mm. And the thing is, it is subtle, but it's uh, I see a sandpaper, and I think you've got a better a, a better kind of explanation for this as whispering in a room. You were saying this the other day. Oh, well, I always think of it as. Um, you know, you go into a, one person is in a, a large room and they whisper and their voice is very, very soft and quiet. But then as if you then put, say, 60 people into the room and filled it up and they all whisper, it then would... it becomes a loud sound. Uh, it's no longer just a little. So those tiny little subtle things this... add up. And that's what, that's <laughs> what it is in analog and this is it when somebody opens their door and they open an ssl plugin and go, i'm going to use an yeah. ssl plugin on this because i got one and i'm going <laughs> to use it on this one channel you're not doing fuck all because you're not going to hear it everything in order is a culmination effect it's how everything all the little pieces tie together to mm. produce the end result and this is the thing with summing mixers as i say it's not a case of just taking 16 channels put it out to something mixer bring it back in it nulls oh it's a piece of shit isn't it <laughs> no it's not it's a case of you it's an intrinsic part of your work process you mix into that summing mixer and the result coming out i can guarantee will sound very different than just something that's summed in the fucking box and that's what he misses that's why i'm going to pull him that he's got a confirmation bias that he's just there going no, i don't want to buy a summing mixer i think they're a waste of time I'm just going to prove that they are a waste of time rather than actually using it as an intrinsic part of his process. Okay, so you're saying that, you know, when we've, we've talked really about using analog summing mixers. Yes. So is it, is it really worth, because I know there's, there's the plug-in versions. Yeah, there's the, the software summing mix, the, the mm. Waves NLS and the yeah. Slate VLC and things like that. Well, I mean, this is, if analog summing doesn't fucking work, then why the fuck have we got plugins <laughs> doing it as well? Um, yeah, the, the, the thing is that if, if you look at something in software, yeah, yeah, you are looking at math. And math is math. That is it. There is no difference. Electricity is very, very different from that. Uh, math, we're talking in exactitudes. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? If, if you look at the NLS... And you look at it, you know, in a um, fast Fourier transform, obviously on mm -hmm. a, a high resolution, it always adds the same harmonic frequencies. Despite the intervallics that you might put into there, it always adds the same thing because it's math and it will always mm -hmm. do the same thing. Analog doesn't do that because there's so many variances in there. There's no exactitude in there. Everything is a slight variance. So you're going to get something sounding slightly different every time you do something. You know, I mean, if I push our analog um, summing mixer mm. hard, 
it behaves differently every time, depending so on what way, point through. The density just, changes. I was going to say as well, in a way, the nice thing about analog gear is it has personality. It does. Is that what, that's basically what we're saying, isn't it? Well, it, do, it does. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get two TB three or threes. I see people on on things. Uh, you know, two TB three or threes. I've got a software one. It doesn't sound nothing like the original. And it's like, yeah, but. <laughs> Two originals no, never sounded anything they? like each other. <laughs> no. The Junos get two Junos together and they never sounded like each other. They always sounded <laughs> fucked in some different way. Do you know? And this is the thing that people miss that mm. when we're talking about electricity, I, you can have the same piece of gear as me yeah. in hardware and mine will sound a little different to yours because of the variances in, in hardware. Mm. You use a piece of software, it's going to sound exactly the fucking same no matter what. You are going to hear the same thing because we're talking math, we're talking mm. exactitudes. And the end listener likes those differences. We, as humans, we do like those strange little things, don't we? You run something through a piece of hardware, it can behave in the strangest ways depending on its input mm. gain. I'm not going to start getting into reactants and, and no, no. basically reactance rates and things like that. But when, when we run signals into pieces of hardware, if we drive it hard, we get a different response than if we drive it soft. If we drive it at zero VU, we get mm. what we expect out of it. <laughs> so, you know, so, I mean, different ways we drive things and different ways we do things in analog hardware makes a difference that Joe Public is going to go, oh, that's actually quite nice. And there is an argument that, oh, Joe Public's not going to care. And that misses the point. Mm. See, to me, I don't care what Joe Public thinks. I care what I think, mm. how I feel. And I feel better mixing through hardware and then going into an analog summing mixer. The end result is different. And if he used mm. the proper thing rather than confirmation bias and he actually mixed through it, mm. he would hear the difference. But I think that's, I mean, we've said this before. We, you know, obviously this is a profession for us and we do this every day. But we do do this because we get enjoyment out of it. I think people do miss that. They they miss that, you but know. This goes back to a, a previous one, yeah, I think. This we're, is we're what talking I mean. about, you know, people, you know, they're not enjoying the process. No. It's just the, here's the end result and here's another end result and here's a null test. Oh, and there we go. There's no difference. It's like you're missing your reactants. You're missing your working methods mm. there. And by missing the working methods, you are deceiving whoever mm. is listening. Now, I'm not saying it's deliberate deception, I'm saying that you are missing, you are deceiving somebody there and saying the experience of this is mixing through it. I don't pick a P an EQ and say, well, this EQ nulls with this EQ. There, I can use both. <laughs> I use one that has a reactance. I mm. use one that gives me the results that I want. Yeah. But as well, and I'm just going to touch on this, I think some of it as well is people learning to listen properly. Yeah, I, th I think the problem is a lot of people, science is important in this. Yes. Listening is important in mm. this, but it's also your working methods that mm. are important in this. Yeah. And people get confused. They, they seem to subdivide the three out and go, well, this is listening. This is the science of it, mm. and therefore it's not doing anything, therefore I don't need it. It's like, no, but do you work with it? Yeah. This is what people are missing. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they, they seem to be missing that quite a lot, actually. So my biggest question today is summing mixers. Are they any good? Yes. You got to think they've, they've, they've got this. <laughs> I didn't waste my money. I'm, I mean, I, mean I know I didn't waste money because I'll be honest, I heard the difference. There is a difference. Yeah, if you mix into it, there's this huge unfiltered bandwidth that you can work with, you know, and you've got no alias with it. Mm. There's no aliasing that you're going to get with software. 
And you're going to get width as well from like variable load. Yeah. You're going to get variable load inaccuracies from the left and right. That's going to add more width to it. It's going to, it adds spatial kind of mm. presence to it. It adds separation when you drive it a little bit harder. You hear the transients separate. And this is one thing you see. Hardware will always modify the transient behaviour of the mm. material. You see, I just wish YouTube had a, you know, watcher beware. <laughs> they, they, they do, they need a warning. At the beginning. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to knock the guy no, because he is an I engineer don't... and he is a good engineer, yeah. but he's used his confirmation bias to kind of say, see, it does nothing. And he's like, no, you're missing the whole point here. But I think the most important thing here is, you know, if you put shit in, you're going to get shit out. Mm. I have a lot of people who go, well, I'm going to buy an analog summing mixer. I mean, now, if you're going to buy an analog summing mixer, you're going to need a, a, an interface with at least 16 ins and outs. Mm. And it's got to be a good quality. So you're talking three, four grand for that. Then you're talking five, six grand for a good summing mm. interface. So, I mean, you're talking maybe eight, nine, ten thousand pound. But at the end of it, if you put shit in, you're going to get shit out mm. of it. You know, you've got to put something good in it to start with and you've got to work through it. Not a case of I've done this mix now I'm just going to throw it out to it and bring yeah. it back in. It don't so work. I mean, the 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 pieces of gear that you aspire to as you build up through the, your your profession, they are pieces of gear that you aspire to, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean, we've done a lot of mixes mm. through our, our yeah. summing mixers. We're and we'll not, do lots more, hopefully. Yeah, we're not going to name <laughs> names, but I mean, we've done a lot of mixes through, and I can't think of one complaint that's gone back going that sounds a bit too analog. I have no words for that. <laughs> oh, exactly. So it was worth every penny you spent on them, Good. believe me. Oh, I could go away now. I've got to have a cup of coffee now. I just feel so relieved. <laughs> My heart was pounded, I tell you. <laughs> dog dog could have a new bone. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. It's Mo and Keith.